Hey, I'm Ray Hudson, and you are, I don't know who you are, but you're listening to Blaugranagram. Don't be like them kids in the Blair Witch Project, and go away, right? Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the Driven Shot Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 2, with a special guest, a good friend of mine, Steve Duffus. How are you, Steve? I'm doing well. I'm doing good, Omar. What's going on, man? I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you, man. We've been talking about this for a while. Uh, I've been I've guested on your podcast, the Statman Podcast, yes. before. Um, so I'd like you to just tell people what you do. You know, let, you know, let's let's uh, let people get to know you a bit. Yeah. So basically, for those of you who don't know me, because I'm sure some of you have listened to my podcast before, because Omar was on there. It was a long time ago. Um, I started yeah, my podcast. Yeah, three years ago. Actually, last week, three years ago, I started my Ooh, podcast. Yeah. And uh, thank you. So basically with my podcast entails, I talk about basically all the sports, but not just in the regular confines of just talking and debating, but more so breaking down numbers, you know, taking numbers and making them make sense for people. And sometimes, you know, you might watch a game, you wake up the next morning, you get a chance to look at the box score and you don't understand something. So my podcast, what it does is break down those numbers for you. So you get a better understanding of what you looked at in the highlights, basically. So I enjoy doing it. So I'm, I'm glad to be here to do this, talking about Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, man. Happy to have you. As, and again, uh, I, I personally love your podcast. I've been on there uh, a few times and it's, it's always Thank been you. fun. And uh, yeah, at the end of this show, we'll let people know where they can check you out. Uh, in the description below, of course, this is being streamed currently live on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. But if you missed this episode or if you just tuned in and you know you can't watch the entire episode... It will be on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Audible, wherever you listen to podcasts, it's on there. And all the links to all of our socials, including Steve's podcast, will be down there as well. So make sure to check that out. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you have any questions, feel free to send them in the chat. We'll, of course, uh, deal with the uh, deal with those as we go on. So, uh, Joav, before we uh, before we go on, how, how have you been? How, how are you doing? How's everything um, on your end? Yeah, everything's good, man. Thanks for asking. I'm excited for today. Uh, first match of Barcelona in the Champions League post-Messi. Interesting to see, exciting times. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. So, of course, for Barca, uh, they put out the squad list today. Uh, Bayern have had theirs out. Really no surprises in Bayern's. Lewandowski is obviously going to be in there. Your Kimmich is your Goretzka's. Uh, and, and all the other talents they have on their on their. Uh, in their roster, but for Barcelona, really, are, are we surprised? But are you have you guys been surprised by any of the selections? Well, I I would say not necessarily, um, because due to injuries, obviously we all know what's going on. Breakaways out for an extended yeah. period of time now. We found out he just had that knee surgery, and then you know we know Ansu Fati still dealing with his recovery. And then Dembele, I feel like you know he, he's been like a glass player you know and you know he's never really available so i guess the lineup that we have going on right now it's i'm not surprised really really not surprised at all yeah i mean if anything the thing the only three surprises that there can be for any people would be nico gavi and alejandro balde all in the list but aside from that as, as, you've, as you've both mentioned really no surprises dest is back which i guess that was one of the questions mark question marks right is he, he's just been injured. Is he going to be back in time? Is he being rushed back or is he actually ready? We'll find out. Um, 
So in terms of the lineup that we'll see tonight, the game, of course, kicks off at 9 p.m. Uh, Barcelona time at the Camp Nou for the first time with fans in the Champions League since 2019. So that's also something that I think will definitely add to this game. But if we look at the some of the newcomers, you know, your Memphis, your Luke de Young, Eric Garcia, Demir, Coutinho is back. Who do you think we'll see starting today uh, out of those? Do you think we'll see all of them starting? Do you think Luke de Young will start on the bench? What, what, what do you guys think? I want to hear your thoughts, and I want to hear the thoughts in the chat as well. So let us know down below. Who you think is who? Who your preferred starting lineup? Uh, well, who makes it, and uh, we'll discuss that as we go on. Go ahead. Oh, you want me? To ask? Oh, yeah, yeah. You go ahead. <laughs> I, I mean, it, I don't know. I I'll, I'll just say this. I was thinking about this before I came on. Even yesterday, I was looking at the potential lineups, and what still flashes in the back of my mind is what happened last year. You know, the eight mm-hmm. two, and there was really no. No, I don't know. It was no dynamism going forward, right? And I feel yeah. like this year with, with the young, we just picked them up. And I, I'm saying we a lot for those in the chat. I say we because I'm a Barcelona fan as well. So um, we picked up the young. You know, we still have Memphis Depay. And I feel like going up against Bayern, mm-hmm. particularly today's first game, I always feel like you have to send a statement. And I think Memphis being up forward with your, the young would give us the best option for dynamism because – as you guys know, you watch football and Bayern Munich, they attack. They don't take breaks. And yeah. we need to go forward. Barcelona needs to go forward. and They need to score goals. That's the only way you win. So I feel like having those two up front would be the best option for the moment. So I don't know yeah. what you guys think. I want to hear Joab's uh, opinion here. Yeah, I mean, um, as you said, Bayern never rest. They score eight goals per match, basically, in the Bundesliga. So they know that they don't have, basically, a break pedal. Um, but, yeah, I mean, right now, I think Memphis has to be, like, your reference in the attack. I mean, he's a player that's mm-hmm. been doing stuff different for Barcelona. He's attack. He attacks. He scores goals, which is a more important thing right now for Barcelona. And I do think adding Luke de Jong, he, he might just be, I think, this is, like, his second week at Barcelona. But I do think he is something different to what other players at Barcelona really can offer right now for the striking option. Now, in the in the defense, I think Eddie Garcia really played a really good uh, game the first two matches in La Liga. He, of course, got the red card in the second one. But um, nevertheless, I think he did. He has played really well. I don't know if Piqué will be on there because, as we also know, Bayern has crazy amount of speed on their, on their attack. So right now, I think it's a headache for Coman to actually really know Beginning from the formation, will we go back to the 4-3-3, 3-5-2? So I think it's really an interesting time for Barcelona to really have an open mind and make this change really go well in their favor. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, as far as Luke de Young, and I've said this, I said this uh, yesterday on, on FC Barcelona stream on Twitch as well. Um, Luke de Young offers something that, as you said, Joao, we haven't seen for a while. And I think... As much as people, as, as much as some people are against the signing because they don't think he's he's at that level yet, I think the X factor that he brings in his height and the fact that he's he is a good header of the ball, he's a good aerial threat. Added to add to that the fact that he is one of those players that, I mean, he worked in Lopetegui's system for a while before Inesiri came in from Leganes, and obviously, within Inesiri's there in form, De Jong is not going to get a, a proper outing, but. He played under Lopetegui, who is a heavily possession-based manager, so he's used to a system that's similar to Barcelona's. 
And he's mm -hmm. one of those threats that Barca will have going forward, considering that Alba and Dest so far, and even Roberto, when we had uh, when Barca had Emerson Royale and Firpo, they were they were never really crossing it. They were always doing the cutbacks or a low driven cross. And if the team knows, if the team you're playing against knows that that's what you're going to do, it's going to be way easier to read it every single time, and you're going to have to try something else. But now with Luke De Jong, Barca can actually make those crosses from from corners or free kicks. Barca will have bigger threats um, to actually play with. And I think Luke De Jong actually might turn out in, to be a surprise for people. I think he'll, if he does start tonight, which I could see happening, also because of his relationship with Koeman, the fact that he already knows Memphis from back uh, when they used to play for PSV, the fact that he knows Frankie as well um, from the national team. I could definitely see Luke De Jong starting. But the question I want you guys to also help me answer is, do you think we'll see a 3-5-2 or a 4-3-3 or the 4-2-3-1 that Kuman likes? What like cuz obviously it's never just going to be the one formation. Barca will start with one formation, <laughs> shift off to the second, maybe even a third. But which one do you right. think Barca will start with? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Joe, do you want to go I first? I think or Steve? Yeah, go ahead. Either yeah. of you. <laughs> okay, um, I'd just like to say I, I think they'll go back to the 3-5-2 uh, because actually last season we saw the best performance under Coman with that formation okay. specifically. Also knowing uh, that for these kind of matches that sometimes you actually have to outscore the rival, not really defend that well, but actually outscore. And I mm -hmm. think uh, that, that formation actually gives the opportunity to Jordi Alba to do something of that nature. Because as we know, he defends well, but I think he's actually a better attacker. Same goes uh, for this. This is actually a good defender, but he's also extremely difficult to contain when he's going up into the attack. So I think this formation actually allows him to do this. And it also allows Busquets to play in his better form because we all know he doesn't have the speed he used to have. And he's much more confident when he's actually surrounded by those kind of players like Frenkie and Pedri. And also that he knows that he has specifically three center backs at his back to cover his uh, his areas as well. So I, I would expect them to go back to that, especially as... Uh, we were saying Luke de Jong actually does a lot of heading. So with that formation, actually, the fullbacks can go into position and send him a lot of crosses and also allow uh, Memphis to actually play behind him and just feed him balls. So yeah. I, I would expect it to go that way. If they go back to the 4-3-3, it'd also be like a safe move by Coman because a lot of the players actually have been playing a lot of their lives under that formation. But I would expect them to go back to the 3-5-2. That's a good point, Steve. Yeah, I, I, I was, yes, I was thinking, um, again, I was thinking about this earlier today as well. That's how my brain really works. You know, I think about a lot of scenarios. And I believe, I honestly believe that, you know, I agree with, with, with Joe, the, the best formation would be the 3-5-2. Why? Because for a lot of you who don't, who are watching this right now, you don't understand that formation too well. It gives you a lot of options on the wing, but also allows you to control the midfield. And in football, if you play basic football, you control a game, and if you've watched Barcelona since, you know, I've watched Barcelona basically all my life. The best teams they had is when they had control of midfield. And any team that has been great has control of the midfield. And that's what Barcelona needs to do against Bayern. Because when they bring that pressure, you should be able to have outlets, right? And those outlets are coming from the midfield. But I, I honestly think, though, he probably will start. With a 4-3-3, because I've Joe, I've said most of these guys are comfortable playing that 4-3-3. But I think within the first 15 minutes, he's gonna change that up. Because the way Bayern Munich has been playing, you, you can't give them too many chances and space. And especially with arguably 
well, not arguably, he is the best striker in the world with Lewandowski. And, you know, you give that guy space, it's over, you know? Yeah. So I think allowing them to control the midfield and also allowing them to defend would also be the best thing. And plus, like I said earlier as well, um, having um, Memphis Depay up front would allow him also on the wing to create more. Because now that you have the young who can head the ball in, it's an interesting stat that I found as well. You guys know in the last seven years on crosses, Barcelona's only scored 3% of the time. Literal crosses not, from the wing. Not surprising. <laughs> no, but it's, that's also a really low number. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So that lets it's you know, right. like you were saying, Omar, like they will cross the ball lane, but it's not a real cross. They'll cross the lane, just tap it back out so somebody get a shot outside the mm -hmm. box. You know, a real cross, you want to get into the box because you want to put pressure on the defense. You have to defend, you know, so... I think it's going to be interesting with the formation, yeah. but I think four three three and then three five two. Okay, so I guess we're we're all sort of settled on the four three three. So then, the next question is who starts in that four three three? I think Memphis is probably going to start out on the wing, on on the left wing, and then you know the young at the striker, and then the midfield. I I don't know, maybe if. It all depends what they're really trying to accomplish. If they want to defend, then you really have to have Busquets in there, you know, and then somebody to attack, you throw Coutinho in there. But again, with all the injuries going on, you don't really know what's going on. And then you have Frankie too. You have to have control of the midfield somehow. And Busquets yeah. can't do all the work by himself, you know, and That's especially true. against Bayern Munich. So it, it, they have to, they have to decide, okay, do we want to score or do we really want to defend and then go on a counterattack? So... If, it's, okay. if this was any other team, I wouldn't think so much about it. But because but it's yeah, Bayern, there's a lot of things you have to think about. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so let's try this then. In keeper, Ter Stegen, between the sticks, right? No doubt about that. Uh -huh. Okay, so left back, Alba. Who's the right back then? Dest or Sergi or Mingueza? Considering Dest just returned from injury. Otherwise, for me, Dest would be the clear favorite. But he's just coming back from an injury. And Mingetha is sort of also just returning from an injury. But who, who do you think starts at right back tonight? Go ahead, Steve. Um, <laughs> I, I think Roberto should start. Just, you know, just with precautions. He's healthy. Mm -hmm. and He's been in that role a while now at Barcelona. So I think he knows what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's a fair uh, suggestion, and I, I could I could see that happening because, I mean, of course, Barca want to win this first game; it's the Champions League opener and all that. But also, you don't want to risk Dest getting injured just as he's returning. Um, and as far as Mingueza, he's also returning from an injury, and that's also a question. If you're playing a four-three-three, I don't think Kuman would want to put Mingueza out there as the right back. No, um, at least not from the get-go. So. Left back Alba, right back Roberto, center back pairing. I think we'll see a PK Araujo. But I want to know what you guys think. Hmm. Um, I don't know, Joao. What do you think? <laughs> Personally, I think uh, Eddie Garcia is going to start because he played really well, as I said in the first two matches. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I really like Araujo. I think he's really some uh, di a different defender because he's tall, mm. he's strong. He's pacey. Um, and I don't know if, well, I mean, Piquet is a really good defender, but I don't know if he's really up to this 
task anymore. Because, I mean, as, as Steve said, you have Lewandowski, who's the monster in front of goal, and he can outpace BK, I think, really easily. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm sure it's not going to be like that, but I would like to see Araujo Eddie Garcia to actually see how they pair up. But again, you haven't really I would like, them I would like that as well. But you haven't really played pair them up in a, an official match. So I think Ronald Koeman won't, won't do that. I think it will be uh, Piqueri Garcia. So I think he will be going back to what we've been seeing in the first few matches of La Liga. Yeah. The reason I thought Piqueri Araujo, um, before, before you continue, Steve, uh, the reason I thought Piqueri Araujo is because I think their styles are, the, are that different to the point where they complement each other very well and make up for the things the other, the other player lacks. Whereas with Garcia, I feel like, and I, I really, li- I really, really do like Eddie Garcia, and I think he definitely is worthy of starting today. But given how Ronald Koeman has had his lineups recently, I don't see Garcia and Araujo starting together against Bayern tonight. Um, I feel like mm-hmm. that might be a, a big of a risk for him to take. Mm-hmm. I would like to see it happen, but realistically, I think it's going to be something like Pique Araujo or Pique Garcia. Um, but Araujo definitely deserves a start at this point. In my eyes, right. he's been brilliant. Yeah, I I was thinking this way. Um, I was thinking at two levels, right? Um, because you know, if you go back to the three-five-two, right, and you have control of the midfield, your midfielders have to also do a little work in terms of helping back and defending, right? Mm-hmm. And as Joe just mentioned, you know, Lewandowski can destroy any back line, but it's quite funny because he's really not that fast in comparison to other strikers. But he knows how to position himself really well. And PK having the pace that he does have, which is really slow at the moment at this age, you have to make a decision. Like, you really have to decide now. And that can really break this game open or win it for Barcelona as well. Because depending on your pairing and who you place in the midfield, that is going to allow you now to have control in the back end and also control the pace in the midfield. And that neutralizes any striker, regardless if it's Lewandowski, Ronaldo, whoever you have at the nine. You can, you can really control that because then that back pairing, that center-back pairing can have more leeway to make certain mistakes because your midfield is coming down to allow them to, you know, be able to defend well. And I think having PK back there, because you guys don't know, but if you follow my Twitter, people know I've been for years saying that PK needs to go. And solely because of his pace. Because we're in a, we play football now with pace. You know, and as lo- as much as he's been the veteran for the team, I don't think he's as effective as he used to be, right? But for today, if we're just talking about today, I think he probably will start, right? But it's going to be with caution, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see your point. I see your point. So just to be clear, you're so you're thinking PK will start. Who do you think will join him? If we're trying to make what we think is our starting eleven, who do you think would join PK in, at, at center back in the four three three? I think uh, I, you guys didn't mention Ling Lee at all. That's Don't you guys true. think he would be able? You know, and I, <laughs> I, I honestly thought he should be playing in place of PK with whoever else you want to put that. With that could with be him. interesting, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, because I, he's, I think Ling Lee has found form again. He's he's starting to find his form again. Yeah. Yeah, and a few and the last couple games he's played in, he's defended really well. Obviously, you know, everyone made mistakes at that position, but I think he's been more consistent than PK has been, right? Because he's not making the silly mistakes that I've seen PK make in the past. Like 
the last couple games I've seen him basic football again. You use the baseline as another defender. And a lot of times PK doesn't use the baseline to help him defend, right? And mm -hmm. that can cause you a lot of trouble. And I think those mistakes, again, you can't make them against Bayern Munich. Right, right. So that's really going to matter. So I believe Langley needs to start. I think he probably will start. But I'm not sure who they're going to pair him with. Because, again, it's kind of tricky back there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Um, so... Let's see. All right. So we've had we have the defense pretty much more or less. It's gonna be mm -hmm. something like Longley PK or PK Araujo or Longley Araujo. It's gonna be one right. of those probably. Um or at a Garcia, throw him in the mix as well. And um, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I, <laughs> That's why I know. The thing is, the thing is I, I don't think he should start, but I think he's been I mean, I don't think he's been as bad as people make him out to be this season. I think he's been okay. He's not the guy I would trust in a two in a in a two center back pairing against Bayern. But for like you know for the games against less prominent sides in the league, I could see him starting um, or getting a a good run because he's. I mean, yes, he's been injured, but he's still, you know, like the ball knowledge that you have doesn't just disappear. You know what I mean? Like when we saw him a couple of seasons back getting shouts for the best defender in the world, he knows what he's supposed to do. But just also partly because of his injuries, I imagine, he's just not able to do those things anymore. Maybe he'll, maybe his form will, maybe he'll regain his form. But I feel like that sort of intelligence on a football level doesn't just disappear overnight. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him at some point tonight, but I I, I don't think he'll be starting at all. No, um, no, no, no. Especially with that Aujo and Garcia in playing mm -hmm. as well as they have been. Um, all right, so that's the four four line. We have the three the the three midfield pairing. Um, Busquets for me for me, it's going to be Busquets, De Young, Pedri, and then Coutinho on the wing, with Memphis slotting over. Uh, to the right because he's going to free roam anyway and then Luke up front. But I want to hear what you guys think because I feel like the midfield three, depend who who makes it there depends on who makes it up front. And I don't see anyone getting in the starting lineup ahead of Coutinho given the squad list that we see today um, unless Dest plays as a winger, which I just – I don't see that happening from the get-go. Um but yeah, what do you guys think? I want to hear. I want to hear your thoughts. I don't see Demir starting today. Is essentially no. what I'm trying to say. I'd be. No, I think. I think it's probably. I think it's probably going to be uh, Busquets, De Jong, and Coutinho, right? Um, but then again, it, it might be. Again, it might be completely wrong as well. But it also depends how they start the game as well. Is it going to start three five two? Is it going to start four three three? You know, it all depends as well. And depending on that, on whichever formation you pick. The guys might alternate in the midfield. Uh, but typically, midfielders in Barcelona have free reign to move wherever they want as long as they control the midfield. So mm -hmm. um, I think I think having those three guys would allow Barcelona to have some control. But then again, it has to be with caution, depending on what formation you start with. So for those, again, who are watching, if you start with a 3-5-2, the wingers, I mean, the, the, the center backs, the wingers, rather, they will come up 
from the back, allowing the midfielders to have more control of the midfield and also help them defend. But if you start with a 4-3-3, the, you know, the three guys in the midfield, they really have to, you know, control it by themselves. Because if you right. leave any gaps, it's going to be problems against Bayern Munich, for sure. You know? So I think those three guys will give them a, a good chance of controlling it, but they have to be very aware of, you know, who Bayern has as well in the midfield and what they have going on. So I think that's going to be the three, I believe. Joff? Mm-hmm. Um, I was just thinking as Steve was talking, um, just like a weird experiment at some point of the season, I would actually love to see... Well, obviously, I really like Pedri. I love how he plays. I love his intensity, especially since he's so young and he plays like he's a veteran. But uh, let's imagine a 3-5-2 in which you take out Pedri and actually play Coutinho as a 10, a number 10 behind Memphis Depay and Luc de Jong. Mm-hmm. I, I actually really like Coutinho, and I think his best position at Barcelona is a number 10. Uh, obviously, before you had Messi, so you actually couldn't play him as a number 10. But mm-hmm. right now, I think it's it would be an interesting uh, thing to see him playing behind uh, Memphis and Luke de Jong. But for this specific uh, match, I don't see him playing as a starter, especially he has, since he hasn't really played this season. So I think Coman will actually go back to the basics as well and go back just Pedri, Busquets, and Frenkie de Jong. Interesting. All right. So that's the midfield three. Now to the attacking mm-hmm. three. So for me, realistically, I'm thinking Coutinho... Memphis and Luke De Young. Thoughts? Mm-hmm. I think that's Memphis. Go. Yeah, basically. Unless you I mean, go with noticing this. Right. Exactly. And you see, like initially when I mentioned, I only mentioned methodically Memphis Depay and De Young because I wasn't sure who who the <laughs> other person was going to be. And, and the reason why I say this. Right. And the reason why I really mentioned that again. Because I like to explain things in detail so the listeners and the viewers understand. Like, when you change formations, it does it really does matter who you have up front. Because if you play 4-3-3, you mean you have two wingers and a striker, basically, right? But if you play 3-5-2, you basically just have two strikers, right? And the guys that we really have, they're not really true strikers in the pot, right? And Coutinho, they're not real strikers. So that only leaves the young there. So, again... When you're playing Bayern Munich, you have to decide what you want to do, right? Do you want to score goals? Do you want to control the midfield? Or do you want to let them have the possession and then go and counterattack? And I believe, as we saw last year, that didn't work out too well for Barcelona. When they decided to play the 4-3-3, Bayern Munich carved them up. Like, it was obviously by the score, right? So today, I think they need to focus on... You know, just really putting guys in the positions where the best at. And right now, the way Memphis Depay is playing, he's playing like top 10 player in the world. So he needs to be put in a position where he can do some damage. So I think he needs to be in a wing where he can create the most damage. You know, don't let those buying defenders just sit back there. Yeah, no, I think that's a very good point. Um, and I, I could definitely see him being put out on the wing, especially now with Luke DeYoung where he is, mm-hmm. you kind of reach a point where it wouldn't make much sense to have uh, Memphis be the attacker. And now that Memphis actually has an attacker to feed off of, it makes it that much easier for him to, to be right. able to do his thing, you know? So I, I definitely agree. I think Memphis on the wing um, 
would make the most sense. And then obviously you have Luke Young as the man up front. And then the other, the last winger is the one that we'll obviously have to play around with for a while. But I, I still, I still feel like the last winger definitely would be Coutinho because I just don't see Demir starting against Bayern. I would be very surprised. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was actually uh, looking at uh, Bayern Munich uh, like first uh, fixture in the Bundesliga, and they actually uh, draw it against uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. So. I would hope that actually Ronald Koeman will be looking at that match in particular and see what Borussia Mönchengladbach did to actually just... Well, I think the biggest accomplishment rather than the draw is uh, gaining the fact that Bayern Munich only scored one goal in that match. It was a 1-1 draw. So I think Ronald Koeman should be looking at that re- uh, replay and see what uh, the German side did to just uh, completely nullify it because as we said, they don't, they don't only have, Ronald, uh, I mean, uh, Robert Lewandowski. They also have Leroy Sané. They have, um, who else do they have in the, in the attack? Um, no, I think they had uh, Mueller. Um, they yeah, have Mueller. Maybe they have Mueller, Mueller as well. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think Serge Gnabry actually is injured right now for this match. Yeah, so I think so too. One, yeah. less, one less threat, but I mean, the attack that they have is not only Robert Lewandowski, and you also have Leon Goretzka and Joshua Kimmich that can score goals like crazy from long range. So right. you really have to take into consideration that it's just not Lewandowski. You have like five other uh, players that can actually score goals very easily for Bayern Munich. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, they have a very, very dangerous team. And I think you do bring up a good point in seeing what Mönchengladbach did and seeing how that can be used to Barca's advantage. And I'm sure that's something that, you know, the technical staff have taken a look at it, or at least, at the very least, noted behind their ear that that actually did happen, um, and that they are not. And that's the thing too; they're not the same Bayern they were back when the eight two happened. They're not as strong, uh, and Barca are not as as uh, well chaotic. I guess is the word out of form. Yeah. As things were out of form. Yeah, <laughs> as things were back then. Uh, because mm-hmm. Barca were really, really struggling at the time. So this game comes at a better time in the middle of a rebuild, uh, you know. And and I mean, I don't think I, th- I don't think we'll see a blowout tonight at all. Um, and and that leads me to the next thing, which is how do you think this game is going to end? Yeah, I I, I honestly um, think that you know Bayern Munich is favored for a reason. And I think more so because of their name, more so than how they're really playing right now. Because Barcelona has been playing really well, too, you know, in comparison to what we've seen from last year, from the end of last year to now. And, you know, before I answer that, though, I want to add this to my answer because I think it's really important. The psychological effect of the 8-2 is going to have some players on the team still thinking because the, the team it was, Barcelona's team from last year, is not the same from this year, right? And they're obviously new guys on the team. So they don't really necessarily know, you know, what really went on in the game in the locker room with all the messy drama that was going on during that game. So it, I think that's not really going to play a big part in this game. And I think that's going to be a good advantage for Barcelona as well. Because there's new guys, you have new energy, and that's going to allow them, plus with the crowd, because we got to remember too, there was no crowd then either. Yeah. Right. So with the crowd at Camp Nou, I think it's going to be a big deal. I think it's going to end up a tie. I'd say 2-2 or maybe 1-1. Yeah. 
Two two is mine as well. because uh, I I I don't see Bayern or Barca not scoring, but I I just again I don't see it being a blowout. I think the teams are in vastly different form compared to the form they were in back then, and I could definitely see this being a tie. And again, for Barca starting off the Champions League against Bayern Munich with a tie, yes, it's at home, but it's still Bayern Munich. That's a really good. I'd say that's a pretty good result, considering that Barca are still coping with the loss of Messi and Antoine Griezmann. Obviously, not as big as each other, but those are still two losses that can hurt a team. Um, but I think so far, I think Koeman has done a good job of, of making sure that the team sticks together and making sure that the, the new the newcomers are being used properly. And so f- that's part of the reason why, alongside Memphis being an absolute revelation, uh, that's one of the reasons yeah. why I, I feel like I feel like 2-2 is a, it would be a, a fair result tonight. Joav? Yeah, and I'm looking forward... Yeah, I'm, go ahead, go ahead. Just, just before job, go ahead. I'm really, you know what I'm really looking forward to, and it's gonna sound really weird. I really want to see how the crowd reacts now oh, that yeah. Messi's not there. You know, I, <laughs> how much of an effect is how how much of an effect is that gonna have on the team as well? I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, because this is the first Champions League game for a long time without Lionel Messi. Yeah, sixteen years, <laughs> seventeen years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna be that's that's actually gonna be very interesting, uh, and I'm sure we'll be we'll be talking about that later as well. Um, but yeah, that's a question as well: is, is if if it is gonna be noticeable? And I think now more than ever, Barca are really gonna feel the support of their fans because a lot of fans used to be fans just because Messi was there, and now those have sort of been filtered out. So the so the support that that we'll see, uh, I think, will be different. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. We'll find out, but definitely an interesting point. Um, now, Joav, on to you. What do you think we'll see uh, on the scoreline after the um, night? Yeah, very quickly, after what Steve said of how uh, Camino will react, I was actually thinking, uh, are they going to still do like the clap thing when it's a free kick uh, near goal and all that? Right. Because it was it was always like Messi's moment, like clap, clap, and then just goal by Messi, like an amazing free kick. So yeah, right. I mean the little the little things that are actually can have an effect on the team, but it's gonna be as I said before, exciting times for Barcelona. As also as you said, Omar, a lot of the fans have filtered out. I think they've moved more to uh, Paris, but um, yeah, I, I think it will mm-hmm. be an amazing time for Barcelona, and we'll see. Uh, it's a rebuild, but I, I also I was thinking before Steve actually answered, I'm gonna go as well with a two-two. Um, Bayern will score. Uh, I don't think Barcelona is still at that level defensively to really nullify Lewandowski like to a zero goal. But I think mm-hmm. uh, Barcelona will also uh, fight back. So I think it will be a 2-2. I, I don't think it will be a draw. I do think it will be a draw. Nice. Interesting. Interesting. Um, all right. Well, I guess we're ready for uh, when the game starts at 9 p.m. Uh Remember, here at Blogonogram, we will cover the game uh, on, well, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and on our website in written format. So if you're going to miss the game or if you can't watch the game in its entirety, feel free to check up on those platforms to make sure that you're up to date with what's going on. Um, Steve, before we uh, hop off, tell the people where they can find you. Oh, man, you'll find me everywhere, literally. <laughs> but, yeah, but the main platforms, the main platforms you can find me on is uh, on Buzzsprout. You can find me on Spotify, uh, you know, Apple Podcast. I mean, we also have the website for the podcast. It's statmanpodcast.com. So basically, you find all the episodes up to episode 99. And I just use these 10 seconds just to give a little promotion. I have episode 100 coming up soon. Um, it's a big yeah. accomplishment doing this for three years. 
So, you know, episode 100, I have a special guest coming on as well. And uh, from there, it's going to be exciting. So I look forward to seeing you guys there. Thank you so much. Thank you. Statmanpodcast.com. Pleasure is all ours. Thank you so much for joining us, Steve. It's it's really been a pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, so, Joav, do you have any final words before we hop off? Um, let's hope for the best as always. And let's hope that this time next week, we're also celebrating and analyzing a great match from Barcelona. Hopefully. And on that note, thank you all so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you missed this episode or any other episode that we've ever put out, these will be on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Audible, wherever you listen to podcasts, we will be there. Uh, these have been live streamed on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, so you can rewatch them there if you want in video format. And all the links that we've mentioned, so that's my socials, Joab's, and Steve's socials, links to his podcast, they'll all be in the description below. If you enjoyed this, drop us a follow, a like, or a share, or a rating if you're on Apple Podcasts. Uh, let us know what you think. And uh, on that note, I hope, you're, I hope you're all staying sane, safe, and well. We will see you next time, and roll the outro. My name is Phil Shane. And you've been listening to The Driven Shot, hosted by Omar Hawash and the Blaugranogram News Outlet. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you have a wonderful day, and hopefully we'll see you again soon.